we're going to uh, we're going to do a, a message this morning. It's one of my messages that God gave me. It's not really mine. It's his. And I just feel like it's it's a message that goes with today. And it's a message that I believe he wants to speak to every one of us today. And it's a silly little title and I'm not good with titles. I've told you that before. But my title for my today's message is go wash and see. Go wash and See, and I want to I want to bring you to John. So if you want to turn your Bibles to John chapter nine, we're going to start in verse one. But before we do that, I want to kind of build it up. This 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 is the time of season where we're looking into next year, 2014. You know, one of the great privileges we have is we don't have to write too many checks anymore. So you can't mess the date up too bad. Everything's usually plastic these days. I mean, I had the hardest time. It took me at least a month or two in when I would write a check to get the, the date right. Anybody else have that problem? But we're we're starting to look ahead to 2014 and we're going, man, what's this year going to be like? What's the economy going to be like? What's my health going to be like? And a lot of people start asking those questions this time of the year, especially after you just pigged out for Christmas, right? You know, and I'm sure I'm not, I, I know I'm not the only one that says this every Christmas. You go into Christmas going, okay, this is my last hoorah. Christmas, lunch, supper, whatever it is. I mean, I'm just going to, I'm going to bust my britches eating. Okay, but then that's it. I'm shutting it down after that. Anybody else do that? You don't have to raise your hand. That's fine. You shook your head. I'm good. But we're looking forward to next year. We've got a lot of questions. You know, what's it going to be like? Who's, who am I going to meet? Who's, who's going to change? What's going to happen? Is it going to get better? Is it going to get worse? Right? Am I going to stay healthy? Are my kids going to continue to do good? Or are they going to finally start to do good? If, if that's your situation. And so there's a, there's a lot of things that you're asking about or wondering about for the next year. And the one thing that I believe God wants us to, to see this morning is this, is that God wants others to see his power in your life for this year. Amen. I'm going to say that again. God wants others to see his power in your life for this year. So you can, you can make all the, the resolutions and restitutions and whatever else you want to call them for next year, but it doesn't really matter because you need to line up with what God says you need to do this year and you need to let God's power be seen in your life. That's the most important thing. It's not that you lose weight and you get to buy a new wardrobe, but it may be Are you with me. The power of God displayed in your life may be that you lose a hundred pounds, right? I mean, I can afford to shed a hundred. I give up a hundred easy. I mean, ain't no problem. Anybody want it? No, I'm joking. (laughs) But God wants others to see his power in your life. And and the funny thing is, is we live in a dark world, don't we? That's what the Bible says, that we live in a dark world. The world around us is dark. There's a lot of uncertainty, especially during these times. You know, you've got people that are, are, are stressing over this whole insurance thing, that Obamacare, all this other stuff. You, what's the finances going to be like? What's the, what's the market going to be like? What's going to happen? It's a dark world. You get a guy like Phil Robertson that stands up and quotes scripture. He actually says what the Bible says on a, on a couple of, of, of topics, and he's getting ripped to shreds because he just spoke the truth. Right? I read the article. I'm like, there's nothing offensive by that. And I'm like, go, man. Go. Say what you need to say. Speak the truth. Because you know why? I read the scriptures. And the scriptures show a Jesus who says things that are way more strong than what Phil Robertson ever said. I mean, when Jesus spoke, people were always offended. He might have wondered, well, I wonder if somebody's not going to get offended this time. Whereas I sit here wondering, well, I wonder if I'm going to offend somebody. You with me? But it's a dark world we live in. And Jesus says in the scriptures that he is the light of the world. And so when we give our life to Jesus, we become that light in a dark world. Right? So basically what you've got here is if you look around, you see a bunch of lights gathered together. It's, it's good and bright in this room. Right? And religious people like to keep the brightness in the room. They want to hit the switch when they walk out the door and go to their work or their business or their their home or their grocery store. Right. They only want to shine their light when they're what? In church. Jesus never called you to shine your light only in church. 
Because it's not dark in church, or at least it's not supposed to be. He wants you to go out into a dark world and be a bright light. Why? So that others could see the power of God in your life. That's what he wants. It's a dark world. It's, it's, a, it's a perverted world. Right? I mean, it's, just, it's a sick world that we live in. And you know what? The local church, this little building right here is just one of many in this city. That is the hope of the world. You are the hope of the world. And when I say you, not you, but Jesus Christ inside of you. Amen? You go and you shine your light and you do good deeds for others. And as the Father leads you, you go and you help this one and you do that. Or maybe you overcome a sin or you, you kind of overcome this or you overcome that. You maybe restore relationship. So much so that people look at that and they go, wow, man, what just happened? You know, when my dad and I's relationship was restored, it affected the people around me. Because I didn't meet him until I was 18 years old. And then he ran out again. And he came back and he ran out again. And then one day, we, we came together. God had been working on my heart. I came to my father. We were sitting in the driveway one day. And I said, I said Dad, man, I just got to tell you, I need you to forgive me. And he was like, what do you mean? I said, man, I've hated you for a long time. I've said a lot of bad things about you. And he was blowing. He's like, son, no, no. You need to forgive me because I ran out on you. I said, well, dad, it all starts with me. And all my family and friends saw my dad come around more often. They'd see us hanging out together. You know what they saw? The power of God at work in my life. Because they knew how much I hated my dad. They knew the pain he put me through. They heard me say the things that I said. But they also saw what God can do. Amen. You know, sometimes the people around you, they categorize you maybe as a church going person. You know, this, I'm just kind of bringing you up to, to times with, with the world we live in today is that sometimes people say, oh, yeah, yeah, they're good people. Oh, David, you know, he's, he's a good old boy. Been going to church lately. You know, that's good. You know what? People aren't threatened by going to church people. Not anymore. That used to mean something back in the day, right, Miss Mary? But today, people just say, oh, they, they're just going to church because they feel bad. And, it, and that's the truth. I mean, when you tell people you go to church, it's like, oh, okay, cool. What's the next, uh, next subject? Let's, let's talk about something else. No problem. Well, that's good. Bless your heart. <laughs> well, that's good for you and your family. Don't bring that mess over here. No. That's how some people are. But God wants you to go beyond that. Right? This year, God wants you to ramp it up and believe him for something that you can only, that you can't even believe him to actually do. Just believe him for something that almost seems impossible. That God, would you restore my marriage? God, would you restore my finances? God, would you bring my child back? God, would you, would you heal me from my past? Would you take care of my hurts and my wounds and my anger issues? God, would you help me to be a better father? A better husband, a better wife. Would you help me to be a better friend? We got to ramp it up, man. You got to believe God for something greater this year. Don't just go into this year with your goal being just to lose some weight or maybe fit into that old pair of jeans or something. Man, forget all that. But if that's the way God wants to display his power in your life, then lose the weight, exercise, do what you need to do and fit in those jeans. But keep on going. Don't stop there. 2014 is bigger than your pants. <laughs> right? It's close to mine, but you know what I mean? It's, it's bigger than most of y'all's. <laughs> we need to ramp it up. You need to get healthy in body, spirit, and mind, your finances, your relationships, your marriage, your parenting. People need to see something different than just a church-going person. Right? Right? Don't get caught in that whirlwind where you just say, oh, yeah, we go to church. Oh, they're good people. Yeah, they go to church. Yeah, that's good. Oh, yeah, Shabbat, sure, bless their heart. <laughs> you need to stir something up. Amen. Right? Amen. Do something different. Believe God for something incredible. 
Maybe you're struggling with a sickness and you might have a disease or an addiction or some kind of hurt or wound. Believe God to heal you and to deliver you from that and to set you free. Go with me to John chapter 9, verse 1. I want to read some some scripture to you this morning. You know, the darker the world gets, the brighter we need to get. Right? Right? I mean, you just can't stay a certain brightness and expect the world around you that's getting darker to just get brighter. You have to actually get brighter. How do you get brighter? You get a new bulb and you get more power. Right? You may have to go from a a, a, a triple A battery, you may need to step it up to a double A this year. You may need to go to those one, those big square ones that got the springs on top. You know, or Some of you may be stuck at the square one where you stick it on your tongue. <laughs> Wherever you're at today, you need to step it up. You need to get a new battery. You need to get more power because the world's getting darker. Jesus said it was going to get darker. He said it was going to get darker. And he also said that you got everything you need to make it brighter. So let's go to John. John chapter 9. I want to talk to you this morning about Jesus healing the blind, the man that was born blind. Verse one, as Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciples asked him, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his sins or his parents sins? It was not because of his sins or his parents sins. Jesus answered, this happened so the power of God could be seen in him. Wow. This happened. It wasn't because of sin. It happened because the power of God was going to be displayed in his life. We must quickly carry out the task assigned us by the one who sent us. The night is coming and then no one can work. But while I am here in the world, I am the light of the world. Then he spit on the ground, made mud with the, with the saliva and spread the mud over the blind man's eyes. That's pretty Audacious, right? I mean, (laughs) 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 and when you run, let John give me some spit. (laughs) 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 And he puts it on the man's eyes. (laughs) I love Jesus, man. He's just crazy. (laughs) I'm like, he could heal him any way he wanted to. He could just say, well, see. And the guy go, huh? But no, he's going to spit in the dirt and make some paste and rub it on the guy's eyes. I'm going, bitch, you crazy, man. Jesus is just crazy. I mean, just think if he was here today in New York City. Huh? And he did that. Phil Robertson be yesterday's news. Then he spread the mud over the blind man's eyes. He told him, go wash yourself in the pool of Salome. The pool of Salome actually means, the word Salome means the pool of scent. The pool that you're sent to. You follow me? There's something significant there. You need to pay attention to that. Go go wash yourself in the pool of scent. So the man went and washed and came back seeing. Wow. Isn't that awesome? I mean, Jesus spits on the ground, makes the paste. I'm just nasty, man. I mean, they didn't have toothbrushes back in those days. Did that anything? Rubs it on the guy's eyes. He says, now go to the pool and wash yourself. And so what does the blind man do? He has a choice. Do I punch him for, for spit? Because he heard him spit. Do I get offended that Jesus spit in my eye? Or do I just step out and trust him? Some of you are here today and God's told you to do something and you're at that point of decision where you're going, do I trust him or do I not? 2014's coming around the corner. Am I going to trust him? Am I going to do what he says to do or am I not? And typically when you're not, you usually end up being offended. So the blind man trusts Jesus. He's walked. I don't know who led him. The Bible doesn't say somebody led him, but it clearly says that he was not healed when the mud was on his eyes. He goes to the pool and he washes himself and he saw. That's steps. There's steps in there. Step number one is he had to go. 
Step number two is he had to wash. And then step number three is he, he saw. Wow. Isn't that awesome? He went, he washed, and he saw. For some of you, your miracle is right on the other side of you going. The thing you're believing for is right on the other side of your obedience. Can God heal you right now? Absolutely. It's all over the scriptures that when he speaks the word, you're healed. You could be a hundred miles away. He speaks the word and you're healed. He can heal you like that, but sometimes he wants you to go. And your, your going is almost like a trigger for your miracle. For your breakthrough. For that relationship. For that addiction to go away. For that past hurt or wound or that thing that somebody did to you and took advantage of you when you was a kid. That thing can be gone right on the other side of your obedience. Your marriage can be restored right on the other side of you saying, okay, I'm going. Like the trigger on a gun. Boom! Something happens in the supernatural. He didn't get healed on the way, but he started getting healed as he was going. And when he washed, he did what Jesus said he saw. He'd have never washed if he'd have never went. He'd have never saw if he never washed. So instead of asking God to lose some weight or to get in those pants again for this year, how about we say, God, I want people to see your power in my life this year. That's more important than anything else to me is that people see your power displayed in my life because, Lord, I want to be the brightest bulb I can be. Lord, what do you want me to believe for? I dare you to ask him. Amen. Amen. So number one, you have to go. You have to obey what he told you to do. Sometimes you got to go even when you don't understand. You follow me? People heard about Jesus in these days. I'm sure the, the man that was born blind heard that Jesus could speak the word and be healed. That was the rumor. I mean, that was on the news. That was what was going on. But instead, Jesus chose to heal him a different way. And he said, now I want you to go and wash yourself. Well, he could have said, well, you, I don't understand. Well, why you didn't heal me like this? <laughs> because we all want it a certain way, don't we? I said, we all want it a certain way, don't we? We want God to, to, to give us victory over our addiction a certain way. Well, Lord, just take it from me. He says, oh, no, you give it up. Well, Lord, I just pray the food don't taste good anymore. Oh, no, it's going to taste even better. You just got to push it back. Right? Lord, I pray you, you heal my wife and she don't aggravate me anymore. You better get ready. She just went up a grit on the sandpaper scale. And you're just going to have to be patient. But God, it would just be easier if you did this. Well, why can't, well I've had these arguments. Lord, can you, why can't you just do this? This is better for me. This is a, good, this is a gooder option. This is a better option, Lord. You know, this, this one just kind of, I feel the spirit in this one. He's like, oh no, you don't feel no spirit, you feel your flesh. Going sometimes seems foolish. Can I be honest with you? When, when God laid upon my heart that I needed to go and ask my father for forgiveness, that I didn't, I didn't do anything face to face against him. Everything I did was behind the scenes. He's the one that ran out on me. When God said that you need to forgive him, you know what? I got mad. I'm, what you talking about, Willis? Forgive him? Lord, you know, you know what he did to me. 
seemed foolish. Can I be honest with you? In that moment, I was nervous. I was like, it's like trying to witness to somebody for the first time and tell them about Jesus. You got the cold palms, you're like shaking, you got the butterflies. You're like, I just went, Dad. And he showed up. Here's the cool thing about God is that when you make your mind up to go, he comes along round side. Right. He gets excited. All of heaven rejoices. So look, we got one going. Let's go. Come on. Woo! Let's sh- go, boy, you go. Y'all don't hear that? And you're sitting there going, <laughs> and you got a whole army around you. You got angels surrounding you. You got the Holy Spirit inside of you. You got God Himself coming and say, Come on, champ. Step out. Do something. I know it looks foolish, but just do it anyway. And you're going to see me show up when you do it. If you don't do it, you ain't going to see me show up. You see, some people want God to show up in a church service. They want people to come to the front and whoo, touch them on the head, whoo, whoo, and they fall out. I like that stuff too. But let me tell you what I like more. is when I'm outside these walls and the power of God shows up. Nobody's got to fall. Somebody just needs to see. Amen? I'm not so much excited about what goes on in here. I'm excited about what goes on out there. I want to hear the stories of out there. Heard a story for Christmas. A young man, he owed, he had, had a business and it went bad and he set his heart to do the right thing. He said, Lord, I'm going to take this business. He was ready to give up on it. So I'm going to take this business. I'm going to do the right thing, Lord. I want to be a blessing to you. He owed the people he worked for $23,000. He knew he had to pay it. So he set his heart. I'm paying it back. He had a plan, made a plan out, a payment plan. He was going to pay, pay him back. Set his heart to do it. As soon as he stepped out into it, they called him. They said, hey, you know that 23000 that you owed us? Don't worry about it. We wrote it off this year. Get you some of that. Right? Like, man, that's awesome. That's what I like to hear as a pastor. I like to hear about God showing up in the workplace, in the supermarket, on the little kid's soccer team. Right? Or maybe that UFC fight you went to with all your buddies. God shows up. Amen. So you need to go. Going requires you to die to yourself. That's your favorite word. Die to yourself. Right. But you know what going says? Going says to God, I trust you. When you when 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 you hear God say, I want you to go. And let's just let's just for instance, go and ask your father for forgiveness Because of what he did to you and what you said about him. I want you to go and do that. When God says to go and do that and you step out and you go, that says to God, I trust you. I feel like a fool. I look like a fool. It ain't right in my mind and with my understanding, but I trust you. You see, the blind man had a choice. He could either trust Jesus or not. I mean, this guy had never seen before in his life. He didn't know what he was missing. Do I trust him or not? And when he took a step, he said to God or to Jesus, I trust you. So what is the opposite of that? When you don't go, what does that say to him? I don't trust you. I don't trust you. And you say, well, I'm I'm too nervous. You're too nervous, but you don't trust him. You're nervous because you don't trust. Right? That's the opposite of that. I want, I want to say to God, I trust you. Right? Because I've experienced that every time I step out, man, he's right there. I experienced Jesus like I never had before. The blind man's life was radically changed that day because why? First of all, he stepped out to go. So I'm going to go. I don't know what I'm going for, but I'm going to go. Number two is to wash. 
Number one, you go. Number two, you wash. Washing is, is applying his instructions to your life. It's applying his instructions to your life. It, yes, these instructions, very important. These instructions, you're applying them to your life when you wash. When you go, you say, I trust you. I trust you, Lord. When you wash, you're applying water. Was this specific instruction? Apply water to your eyes. And then you see. You with me? Washing is applying. God calls you to go. So when you go, then you need to apply what he tells you to go for. When you apply, something miraculous happens. Right? When the blind man applied the water to his eyes and he washed off the spit in the mud, he also washed off his blindness. Does that make sense? He obeyed. He trusted. He said, I trust you. I'm going to go. I'm going to apply water to my eyes. I'm going to wash it off. Imagine seeing for the first time. Holy cow is right. When you apply his instructions, you see. You see, the Lord told Cheryl and I to go find Bubba, ask him what he needs, and help him. I live two hours away. Just met the man. And God said, go find Bubba, ask him what he needs, and help him. You know how I am. I said, okay. (laughs) Two weeks from that day, we put the for sale sign up, packed our clothes, drove in on a Sunday morning with the dog in the car. We were at church the first day. We were ambitious. Not wise. And we walked in. And when I started applying what God told me to do, I found Bubba. I said, Pastor Bubba, what do you need? He said, I need a keyboard player and a faithful man. I can play the keyboard and I can be faithful. I came in, I jumped right on the worship team and I I was faithful. Every time the door was open, I was there. Let me give you a little hint about that. There's always something for you there. I don't miss much and I get a lot when I show up. Sometimes I don't feel like it. But I applied what God told me to do to my life and miracles started happening in my life at a rapid pace. Anger was gone. Bitterness was gone. Unforgiveness was gone. My addictions were gone. My marriage got better. My parenting got better. Are you with me? My ability to have friends got better because I'm a real. What's the word? Bull in a china closet kind of guy. You tell me to do something, I like the blinders come and and I go and I have no personality. I'm like, (laughs) I got to dig in my pond yesterday and I was out there all by myself. My wife actually gave me her blessing to go dig in the pond. There was no stress at the house because she didn't want me to dig and do something. There was none of that. That's freedom. So I'm on an excavator. I'm digging dirt, throwing it. Man, everything. I'm looking back. All my work looks good. I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm throwing them. I'm going for hours. And I got down. and I had to go take a shower to go to a wedding. And my eyes were still like this. And my wife goes, baby, you still in the zone. I'm like, I know. I'm trying to come down. But that's the kind of guy I am. You follow me? God changed that when it came to people. When I first came and met Pastor Bubba, I was not pastor material. This be the first church of me by myself is what the name would be outside because it'd only be me here. But when I applied what God said to apply to my life, Pastor Bubba's the smallest man I know. And he's done more damage in my life. Good damage than anybody else I know. He was the only one brave enough to come and tell me I had anger issues. Now, you don't go tell a man that's twice your size he got anger issues. That just ain't right. I mean, he looked me square. I said, man of God, you got anger issues. I was like, okay. No, he stood. Thank God he stood. But are you, is this making sense? When you apply it, miracles happen. Washing is where the change happens. 
Washing takes off the old and it reveals the new. It takes off the old and it reveals the new. Some people have gotten old or you've gotten old with them. You're just a church going person. And they've already characterized you or categorized you and put you in your little spot. That's my church going friends. They may have you saved in the phone like church freak or something. But you're, you're categorized already. Okay. And, and you're old news to them. Why? Because they saw you quit drinking and smoking dope and doing the things you used to do. And now you go to church every Sunday. They saw that. So it's become old. We need to ramp it up so that it becomes new. Your life needs to be greater than just going to church. Right? They need to see something happen. Washing takes off the old and reveals the new. Number three is to see. When you see, you witness something you've never seen before. Some of you are just hungry to experience God. There's a deep burning inside of you. Lord, I just want more of you. I'm reading the Bible. Man, I'm learning about you. This is great. But I just, there's something missing, Lord. You're filled with the Holy Spirit. You're praying in tongues all the time. But Lord, what's missing? Lord, I want something. There's a hunger inside of you. You know what that is? That's a hunger to experience God's power and his presence. May you get hungry for that. When you get the Holy Spirit, you get hungry for that. Right? You need to get you some of that. That's prime rib in the spirit. When you step out and you go and you wash and you see, you then get to eat. You get to experience. Your testimony becomes greater. Come on. You you become more than just a church going folk. Right? Then you know what happens is the people at first is kind of secretively. They'll come around the corner. Hey, man. You pray for me. Yeah, bro, I'll pray for you. Like a drug deal or something. Yeah, I'll pray for you. Okay, man. Listen, I got this thing going on, you know, and just I don't want bro, I got covered. Okay, man, thanks. Appreciate you, bro. Back up. Like, what's up with that? Had a guy one time, I was out on the on the on the job site. I mean, we're in the middle of a road doing redoing roads in Lake, Lake Charles. And he, he's going through a, a divorce or something, and he I mean, everybody knew he was having a hard time. And he catches me behind this machine, this piece of equipment. He goes, hey, man, hey, bro, I know you're one of those church-going guys. I said, bro, you remember me in your prayers? I said, shoot, I might forget. I'm going to pray for you right now. I grabbed him on his shoulder. I said, Lord, I pray you make him miserable until he gets over himself and restores his marriage. He was like, let go of me, man. Get off me, man. Hey. I saw my pastor do it, so I did the same thing. (laughs) Sounds kind of crazy, doesn't it? It works. He got miserable. You witness something you've never seen before. You know, some people say seeing is believing. And some people don't like that statement because we're supposed to be faith people, right? Well, seeing is believing. Oh, no, you ain't got no faith. Remember a guy named Thomas? Thomas didn't believe till he saw. You know, when I read the scriptures, Jesus tells people who he is. He tells people about the kingdom that's coming. He tells people to repent and ask for forgiveness of their sins. He tells people all these things. But then he also does these things called miracles. And the funny thing is he tells me, don't go tell nobody. <laughs> and that's pretty smart because you know what's going to happen. They're going to tell everybody. As soon as you tell somebody, this is a secret. Facebook. I mean, some of you are like like a telephone. Right? You tell Greg, telephone. Same thing. I'm picking. That's not Greg. But some people can't wait to share some news. But Jesus did miracles. Why? So that other people could see the power of God. Then Then he charged his disciples to go and do miracles. Why? So that people could see that the power of God wasn't just in Jesus. It could actually be in human beings also. In his disciples. Seeing is for you and seeing is for others. It's for you to experience God's power in his presence. And it's also for others. 
That's why Jesus said, don't ever be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Don't ever be ashamed of me. He says, if you're ashamed of me, then I'm going to be ashamed of you. But if you rejoice in me, I'm going to rejoice in you. It's time to upgrade your testimony. It's time to take it to a new level. It's time to do something different to trust God. You need to get a little more radical this year. Amen. Amen. Now I want you to watch what happens to the others when they see the once blind man for the first time. John nine, starting at verse eight says his neighbors and others who knew him as a blind beggar asked each other, isn't this the man who used to sit and beg? Man, that's a change right there. Isn't this the man that used to sit down and beg? What's he doing now? He's up and walking around. Change. Something different. He used to sit and beg. Now he walks, talks, and sees. Some said he was, and others said, no, he just looks like him. But the beggar kept saying, yes, I am the one. So, so get, let me put this into perspective. This guy in Eunice, Louisiana, okay, gets healed. He was born blind. Jesus shows up or you show up and you touch his life and he can see. And now he's at Winn-Dixie and he's walking around. the. Let's go to Walmart. He's at Walmart. He's walking around Walmart and the people are going, hey, hey, baby. Isn't that the man that used to be blind? And, and, and walk around with that stick? Where's his stick? No, that's not him. And it's about, hey, that's that old guy who used to sit down and beg. What else? You sure that's him? Man, he looks like him. No, that can't be him. And then word gets out from Walmart and it spreads all over Eunice and Basil and Mamu and Lotel, all the way down to Crowley. Man, you know that guy that once was blind? Now he sees. You sure? Oh, man, I saw it for myself. You ain't been drinking, huh? Mm-mm. Not after I saw that, I quit. I gave that up. But man, what what happened? He had that surgery? No, man, that dude was broke. He couldn't afford no surgery. Oh man, what happened to him? You see the buzz that's going on, right? You see what's happening. God's drawing attention to himself by healing the blind man. And the blind man, the poor fella, I mean, he just has this incredible thing happen to him, and everybody's arguing about him. I mean, he's going like, I can see. I like, you ain't that guy. You sure you was blind? I'm, I'm telling you, I was blind. No, that's not you. Yeah, it is. I mean, now he's got to convince people that he was the blind man. You know what happens when God gets a hold of your life and, and he changes your life and some radical things happen in your life, and you want to tell people about how you used to be? They don't believe you. I tell people I used to smoke dope and drink and chase women and do all these things. They're like, nah. Actually, they look at me and go, yeah, I can see you doing that. <laughs> you look about that type. Keep my eye on you. That's when you had anger management. That's when I had anger management, yeah. So there's this buzz going on around the city. Watch, it gets bigger. <laughs> so the beggar kept saying, yes, I'm the same one. And they asked, well, who healed you? What happened? He told him the man they called Jesus made mud, spread it over my eyes and told me to go to the pool of Siloam and wash yourself. So I went and washed and saw. He gave him the steps. I went, I washed and I saw. What he was saying was, is I trusted God. I obeyed what he told me to do. I applied it to my life and now I'm healed. He's preaching. Right? I mean, that's, that's just cool, Jesus. I mean, it's like you had it all planned out. <laughs> so I went and washed, and now I can see. Well, where is he now, they asked. I don't know. 
Then they took the man who had been blind to the Pharisees. They brought him to the high priest, to the religious leaders in the community. (laughs) This is where it really gets funny. Because it was on the Sabbath, (laughs) he broke some religious laws. He did this on Sunday. That Jesus made the mud and healed the man. The Pharisees asked the man all about it. So he told them, he put the mud over my eyes. And when I washed it away, I could see some of the Pharisees said, this man, Jesus is not from God for he is working on the Sabbath. Come on. You serious? When religious folk come up to you and they say something stupid, you just need to say, come on, man. Are you serious? God's bigger than your ignorance. I didn't say praise the Lord five times this Sunday. Come on, man. We didn't have a falling out service this Sunday. Come on, man. Religious people are stupid. I know I was once religious. I was stupid. I'm embarrassed. Can't believe I said some of the things I said. For he was working on the Sabbath. Others said, but how could an ordinary sinner do such miraculous signs? So there was a deep division of opinion among them. Then the Pharisees again questioned the man who had been blind and demanded, what's your opinion about this man who healed you? The man replied, I think he must be a prophet. The Jewish leaders still refused to believe the man had been blind and could now see. So they called his parents. Really? I mean, they're like checking into this thing. Well, call his mom and dad. He's a grown man. His parents replied, we know this is our son and that he was born blind, but we don't know how he can see or who healed him. Ask him. He is old enough to speak for himself. (laughs) Hello. His parents said this. They said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders who had announced that anyone seeing saying Jesus was the Messiah would be expelled from the synagogue. In other words, they get kicked out of the church. You're going to get kicked out of the church if something incredible happens in your life. I got in trouble one time for talking about the Holy Spirit in a Baptist church as a youth pastor. They, they pulled me into the room. I mean, I went to the room. What are you teaching? Aren't you teaching our curriculum? I'm like, because they don't want to listen to that. I just told them about the whole, where'd you get that from? The Bible. Is in there? Now, I can say that because I'm still on the roll. That's why they said he is, he is old enough. Ask him. So the second time they called in the man who had been blind and told him, God should get the glory for this because we know this man, Jesus, is a sinner. I don't know whether he's a sinner, the man replied, but I know this. I was blind and now I can see. He's like, I'm not dealing with the penny any issues of how I got healed and whether it was on Sunday and all this other bull corn. I'm, a, I'm just going, I know this much. The man put mud in my eye, I washed it, and now I can see. So forget all the other hoobla. I'm a believer. I'm going to follow this dude because crazy things happen when he's around. Y'all can play church all you want. Come on. And if he does it on Sunday, then God be the glory. But what did he do, they asked. Now they're looking for a strategy. How did he heal you? Look, the man exclaimed, I told you once. Didn't you listen? I mean, this is, this is like scripture I'm reading to you. This is crazy. Didn't you listen? Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciple too? Uh-oh, stepping on some folk toes. Then they cursed him and said, you are his disciples, but we are disciples of Moses. We know God spoke to Moses. I said those exact words one time. <laughs> my buddy told me that too. I told him I heard from God that God said to go find Bubba, ask him what he needs. So I went to my best friend. I said, hey, man, look, bro, God spoke to me. He's like, curled his face up. Really? What'd he say? I said, we well, said, go find Bubba, ask him what he needs in heaven. What? 
What does that mean? I, mean, I don't know. It's just what he said. Man, God spoke to Moses. He don't speak to us. He told me that. And I told other people that. Until God spoke to me. Then my mind changed. We know God spoke to Moses, but we don't even know where this man comes from. Wow, that's very strange, the man replied. He healed my eyes, and yet you don't know where he comes from. We know that God doesn't listen to sinners, but he is ready to hear those who worship him and do his will. Ever since the world began, no one has been able to open the eyes of someone born blind. If this man were not from God, he couldn't have done it. This dude gets on the offense. I mean, he's with the religious folk in the city. You were born a total sinner, they answered. Are you trying to teach us? And they threw him out of the synagogue. I'm like, come on, y'all missed the boat. Y'all are still spiritually blind. A full-blown miracle happened in front of your face. Standing there looking at it. And you want to argue about it. You know, when people come to me and they give me some, sometimes people just come up with some goofy stuff. Let's just be honest. I've done that myself. You come and the Lord healed my ingrown toenail. You know, sometimes I want to go, oh, that's good. But you know what I've learned is that that's good. Because if you got to start with a healed ingrown toenail, then baby, you heading somewhere. Right? Next time it might be your knee. Next time it might be your elbow. Then it might be a cancer or something. But you, it started with an ingrown toenail. So what? Praise God. I give him a big old praise God. And I ain't faking it neither. Verse 35. When Jesus heard what had happened, Jesus went and found the man. And he asked, do you believe in the son of man? Watch this guy. The man answered, who is he, sir? I want to believe in him. He said, you have seen him, Jesus said, and he is speaking to you now. Watch this. Yes, Lord, I believe. The man said, and he worshiped Jesus. Then Jesus told him, I entered this world to render judgment, to give sight to the blind and to show those who think they see that they are blind. Some Pharisees who were standing nearby heard him and asked, are you saying we're blind? If you were blind, you wouldn't be guilty, Jesus replied. But you remain guilty because you claim you see. The greatest thing that can happen to you in 2014 is that God does something incredible in your life. That his power is shown in your life to you and to others. Because he wants to take you from faith to faith to faith. Listen to me. As a believer, you will always walk by faith. Amen. The Bible promises that you will always walk by faith. It actually says the just shall walk by faith. That means you're going to whether you want to or not. Just to break that down for you. He wants to take you from faith to faith to faith. It may start with an ingrown toenail. And the next day you may be praying for somebody to get healed for cancer. Amen. Amen. The greatest thing that can happen to you this year is the power of God be displayed in your life. That's the greatest thing that can happen this year. And all you got to do is go wash and see. Anybody want to see God do something incredible this year? Come on. For those of you that didn't raise your hand, I'm I'm sorry for you. You're going to miss out. It could be an adventurous year. Anybody else want to see? I'll give you a second chance. Anybody want to see the power of God in your life this year? Then keep your hands up and let's pray. Come on, Sumeri. Just lift your hands towards heaven right now like you're going to receive something. I imagine the blind man, even though he knew it was spit coming, was willing to receive whatever God had to give him. Father, we come to you this morning, Lord, and I thank you for your word and that it's powerful. More powerful than a double-edged sword, Father, piercing even the hardest hearts and the hardness of, of disbelief, Father. I pray this morning that your word bust our hearts open. And, Father, it floods our hearts and it helps us to, to believe you for greater things. I pray, Lord, instead of asking for what we want, we'll ask instead you what you want for this year. And, Lord, we'll just we'll believe you to show up like never before. 
Father, I pray that, that you do something incredible in this church. I pray for an eruption. Not in these do- not in these walls, not in these doors. I'm not looking for an eruption in here. If that happens, that's just the, the, the lanyard from what happens outside these walls. Lord, I pray for every person in this room this morning. That, Father, you, that they'll step out and believe you to, to see your power in their life like never before. That, Father, people that are watching our lives will be stirred. That there'll be a buzz around town. And it won't be about our Savior's church. And it won't be about that certain person, but it'll be about Jesus Christ and what he did in our lives. And so, Father, I pray for us this morning. Help us, Lord. Help us that when you say to go, we go and we trust you. When you say to wash, we apply your instructions to our life. And, Father, when, the, when we apply, oh Lord, we see you show up. It's a great privilege to see you show up, Lord. Help us to never, ever take it for granted, Lord, that we could be a part of your miracle, that we could be a vessel that you choose to display your power in, Lord. What a great privilege, Lord. I'm blown away that, Father, you would use a bald-headed man like me to show your power. Lord, your power is not found in my physical capabilities. It's found in what's impossible. It's found in the impossible becoming possible. In my life, Lord, with people that know me and know that I couldn't get over this thing on my own, they saw you do something in me and I got over it. I got victory. I got delivered. Lord, help me. Help me, Lord. I want people to see you in my life and not me. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Father, for all your people that were baptized today, Father, thank you so much. So much, Lord. Holy Spirit, I just pray, I just pray, I ask you in the name of Jesus to flood their life. Flood their life right now. Empower them to do what you've called them to do, Lord. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. You're welcome here. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I pray for this next year, Father. That it's a year of explosion. And Father, there, you, you just create this buzz that happens all the way to Kinder, Lord. All the way down to, to Kaplan and Abbeville, Father. All the way up to Alexandria, Lord. And all the way to Opelousas, Father. That whole area. I pray you do something. That causes a a buzz like we read in in John chapter 9, Father. Lord, we know the religious folk are going to rise up and say what they need to say. But, Father, we don't need to defend ourselves. They can't argue with a miracle. They can't disprove a miracle, Lord. And when your power is on display, they have to submit, Father. So thank you. Help us. In Jesus' name. If you agree with that, say amen.